0: Praise God. So before we get into scripture, man, I want to share something that was pretty funny the past this week. And I'm sure you guys will get a kick out of it, too. You guys know who Alexa is, right? Oh, you stop it. Yeah, yeah. You guys know who Alexa is? From Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the little thing that you speak to it. So... So the other day, we're driving home from work, and we're about to pull into the garage of the house, and my wife looks at me, she goes, baby, you know, I've been having problems with my phone, and I'm like, I said, what's the problem? She goes, my phone is not working. So we have iPhones, just so you guys know where I'm going with this. She goes, "Uh, my phone's not working. I'm like, why is your phone not working? She goes, every time I... I speak to it, it doesn't answer me. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, look, watch, Alexa, Alexa. I go, Alexa? I go, babe, time out. I go, do you know what Alexa is? She goes, yeah, it's the phone is supposed to answer. I go, no, that's Siri, that's not Alexa. Maybe that's the reason why your phone is not working and it doesn't answer you back. Wrong manufacturer or nothing? No. Uh, no, just wrong, wrong woman in general. <laughs> wrong woman. <laughs> I, I, it was funny. I, I, I was in my garage in my car and I was dying of laughter. She goes, oh, that's the reason. I go, yeah, watch Siri and the phone <laughs> answered. <laughs> it's a brand new phone. Praise Hello, God. Let's join the house God of the Lord. God is good. Amen. Let's join the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, listen, I want to welcome you guys to our Shabbat service. Those of you that are watching online, my name is Pastor Leo. Um, we gather every Saturday at eleven AM to share the truth. Amen. Amen. Uh, we don't we don't preach a motivational message in this church. We're different. Amen. Amen. We'll Amen I'm not here to pat anybody in the back, I'm here to teach you scripture. Amen. And so if you're joining us this morning live uh, whether you're watching us now or maybe watching this later, I pray that the message this morning really blesses you. Um, it's, it's, I, I, this, this chapter that we're going to be going over this morning, Exodus 29, it's, um, it's a description of what God continues to speak to Moses on, out on the top of Mount Sinai, uh, because what he's telling him right now, it doesn't actually take place until the book of Leviticus, uh, but it's, it's a description of what's going to take place. And this is a conversation that if we think about, God has been having with Moses ever since chapter 24. When Moses went up the mountain, and everybody stayed at the base of the mountain, and then we saw that Aaron and and his brothers and the elders went halfway up the mountain, but then we saw that God called Moses to the top of the top. And Moses said, wherever you call, I go. Mm. Amen. And you guys remember, I said, whenever God calls, you take off. You Amen. run. God will never lead you down the wrong path. Amen. God will never call you into a place where he's not going to provide for you, where he's not going to lead you, where he's okay. not going to open ways for you. And so Moses knew instantly when God called, he says, you know what, I'm going. Because God has been faithful to now he will continue Amen. to be faithful. Yes, Lord. So this conversation has been taking place for now for about five chapters. I want you guys to keep that in mind. Moses still has not come down the mountain. So you're talking about a person being consecrated to God. Here's Moses at the top of the mountain, in the midst of the cloud, in the midst of the lightning, in the midst of the thunder. Moses is in there, separated, completely just him and the presence of God. Amen. Amen. So again, a lot of people will get to this chapter and will say, well, you know, what does this chapter mean? Why why should I read this chapter? How how is this chapter going to benefit me? How is it going to? Do anything for me for that matter. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because scripture is very clear about the word of God. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, we'll have it up on the screen here, is very crucial of how what, what, what Timothy spoke here. And if you guys see here, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, look what it says. Some scripture majority of the scripture no No, it says all scripture all scripture scripture is inspired by who by God and useful for teaching reproof restoration and for the training in righteousness so that the person listen to this because it doesn't end there a lot of people stopped there. you got to continue to read so that the person belonging to God may be capable of Fully equipped for every good deed. Amen. So do we skip scripture just because we don't feel like reading it? Just because maybe we glance at it and we're like, well, what's, there's nothing we can take out of this? No. All scripture is profitable. Amen. And all scripture is for those Amen. that are the people of God so you can be equipped. Listen, what we're going to learn today, it's actually beneficial for us every single day. Amen. Amen. This is our behavior. This is what we are ought to know, how we should be dressed, and how we should carry ourselves. Amen. So all scripture is profitable. Amen. But before I continue to go on, I want to share with you our podcast. <laughs> that was just a preview. Well done. <laughs> but we'll get a little bit more into it in a minute. Um... Guys, you know, somebody from the church has been working very, very hard on our podcast. Mm -hmm. And week in and week out, we encourage you guys to please share this podcast. Um, We have been getting feedback from people watching our messages Mm -hmm. from way, way across the world. Australia, um, United Kingdom, Kingdom, Germany. I mean, we're reaching the four corners. A little small church, but we're teaching truth here. And the truth needs to set those people free as well, right? It's not just us in here. And God told us specifically in Scripture to go out and preach the gospel. Well, this is an avenue that God is giving us to be able to reach the four corners. And so it is our duty, our job, as we announce it here To share it. Share it with everything. Post it all over, place. Even if if, if people tell you, hey, stop posting, you post it again. (laughs) Because when you post something that somebody doesn't like or whatever it may be or they have a conflict against, don't they answer? Don't they bash you about it? Or whenever they have something to post that you may not like, they still post it. Well, if you believe in what we're teaching in here, I want to encourage you this morning after service, let that be the first thing you share, our podcast. Amen. And our podcast can be found on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, Breaker. I mean, every platform across that you can possibly find. We're there. Amen. Amen. And you can find us in One Spirit Miami. So please share that. Share. If you're watching live, listen, look us up on our our podcast. Whether, like I said, whether you're at the gym, wherever you may be, you want to listen to the message, just put on a a pair of earphones and and you can go about your business and do what you got to do. But meanwhile, your spirit. Amen. Your spirit is being fed. Yeah. Amen? You want to go shopping for groceries? <coughs> Slap a pair of earphones, man. Amen? Yeah. In One Spirit Miami, again, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, Radio Public, and Breaker. Also, if you're watching live and maybe, unfortunately, you can't be here physically, but you would like to sow a seed into this ministry, go into onespiritchurch.com and there you can go ahead and sow a seed into this ministry. And um, and again, we, we would love for you to just continue to join us live and send us a message, man. We would like to know where you're watching us from. Amen. Um, Amen. If you're receiving from these messages, if you're really learning, if you're really being spiritually fed, amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to give a small recap on the last couple of chapters. My wife ended last week with chapter 28. We were going to continue with chapter 28, but I believe everything was pretty much touched on chapter 28 as far as the armor of God. And how we've had the, the Roman mentality of the armor. But realize in scripture how the armor that God describes is completely contrary to what church has taught us for so many years. And, and, and she spoke about the ephod and, and, and how the, the priests were wearing and the description of the stones. And and how modern day uh, uh, church has taught us that, that our feet are, are, are actually... With shoes and when in reality they weren't in reality they weren't if we saw we we showed pictures here last week that the the feet of, of, of the high priest were without sandals it was the readiness of the gospel it was that the priests were ready when God spoke to go out and take the news back to to Israel whenever they were going to that holy place and receive from God. They will go back and take the news. Remember, it was the high priest, the only one that was able to go into the holies of holies to receive a blessing from God to then take it back to the rest of the people. But the mentality, we've been brainwashed with this Roman that we got to go out and fight with the soul. We're not, you know, we, we said like my wife said it last week, we're not cutting anybody's head off. You know, our battles is in the spiritual yeah. realm. Amen. And scripture clearly says that battles is in prayer. Amen. And in worship. Yes. Those are your tools. Those are your weapons for battle. Amen. Because God is the one that fights the battle for you. You benefit from the victory, but God is the wow. one that fights the battle for you. Yes. And how does he tell you? He says, I don't need you to go out there. I just need you to worship. I don't need you to go fight. I just need you to pray. And let the rest up to me. I will be the one that will bring back the victory for you. He is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Amen. Lord of hosts. Amen. So we started de ourselves, our mentality, taking out what doesn't belong there. Amen. 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 Now, this morning, before we get into chapter 21, I want to go back to chapter 28. Go with me to chapter 28, Exodus 28, verse 41. And we're going to read from verse 41 to verse 43 because what we're going to learn in chapter 21 follows these three aspects that we're going to find in these three verses. So Exodus 28, verse 41 through verse 43. Again, this is God speaking to Moses and he tells him this. Put them on Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with him. And anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them, so that they—excuse me—so that they may minister to me as Kohanim, high priest. You are to make linen undergarments for them to cover the skin and their nakedness, from the hips to the thighs. They are to be worn by Aaron and his sons when they go into the tent of meeting. You're speaking. This is a different name from from uh, where the tabernacle was. Or when they approach the altar to minister in the holy place. So that they do not become subject to guilt and die. It is to be a statue forever to him and to his offspring after him. Now there are three important aspects that are touched right here in these three verses. And if you didn't catch them, I'll, I'll mention it to you right now. It says... He tells Moses, you are to put these on Aaron and his sons with him. And he says, and anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them. Mm -hmm. Three important aspects. Three important aspects of a high priest. Think about that. Here God is giving description to Moses of what he's going to do or, or how he should clothe Aaron and his sons, and this is not only temporary, it says they're at the end of 43. That this is perpetual, this is forever. Amen. This is how a high priest should be clothed. Wow. This is how a high priest should look like. But what does that mean for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to 1 Peter 2 9. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On. 1 Peter 2 9 calls you something. Come on. Thank you, Lord. 1 Peter 2 9 calls you something. We've been reading this, this scripture for like the past three weeks. I don't know, for some reason, it's just been going with every single teaching we've amen, been teaching. Amen. It says, therefore, the Lord certainly knows how to rescue... Yeah. No, 1 Peter two nine. Yeah, but... Sorry, I'm in second Peter. First Peter 2 Peter. 1 Peter nine says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, mm-hmm. a holy nation. A what? A royal priesthood. Amen. Now listen, I could go on on a teaching that on its own. (laughs) But I wanted to to show you what scripture calls you a royal priesthood. So does this apply to you that we're going to go over today? Absolutely. Because it's going to teach you how you should clothe yourself and how you should look like every single day. And this is a description that God gave Moses to Aaron, his sons, and it says and to the rest of his offspring. For those to come, Come this is your garments. This is what you must put on to understand and be set apart to be known as a holy people, a royal priesthood. Amen. And so what are those three aspects? Anointing, consecration, and sanctification. Anointing speaks of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, not only abiding in us, but resting on us. Consecration is to be set apart. We see it there in 1 Peter 2.9. To be set apart or to devote irrevocably the worship to only God. Listen to me. Your worship should be only unto God. Not anybody else, nor anything else, oh, nor wow. any other wow. statue or spiritual wow. or anything. Only on to God. That was true. Consecration is all about. Separating yourself. Mm-hmm. And last but not least is sanctification. It's right? to come clean before the Lord or to be washed and be cleansed. In other words, purification. By the word. Amen. And you're going to see that in chapter 29. All these things things. I wanted to go to chapter 28 so you can see the, the description, the preview of what's going to take place in chapter 29. Because chapter 29 is the ceremony of what God tells Moses of how a high priest should conduct himself, how a high priest should be clothed, and what they need to do in part of a ceremony. Yes. And again, this doesn't take place right away. It takes place in Leviticus. But it's a requirement prior to that God needs to tell Moses so he can know what to do. Remember, when they were building the tabernacle, God never gave Moses a blueprint. He says, here, go He gave it by description. By description. Because he wanted to, to have that, 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 that fellowship with men. That conversation on a one-to-one basis. Oh, so again, he's telling Moses all these things at the top of Mount Sinai. All this description that's gonna take place in chapter 29. Again, this was a requirement, listen to this, this was a requirement for the priest, then as it is for us today as well. It was not just a requirement for the priest back then, but this is a requirement for us as well. What am I talking about? Anointing, consecration, and purification. It is the same requirement that it was for the high priest back then as it is for us today. Amen. Wow. We wanna we need to welcome the Holy Spirit, we need to welcome the Ruach to not only live within us but to rest upon us Amen. every single day. Amen. We need to set ourselves apart, as first Peter says, to consecrate ourselves to only God. Come on, Pastor. And then we need to Amen. come before God, purified, washed by the blood of Yeshua. So the anointing, the consecration, and the purification was just the same as it was then as it is today. Amen. And this is something that must be done daily. Amen. Yes. This is not something that you just choose at the end of the week on Shabbat and say, oh, I'm gonna do that today. I'm gonna to be holy today. And then the rest of the week I'm gonna do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a continual. Yes. It says it there. 24/7. It says it there at the end of 48. I mean, yeah, chapter 28, sorry. It says continual for all his generation, all of his offspring. So just as it was for the priest is for us as well not only that but pay attention to this all these outwards illustrations in our lives need to point to an inward reality That's good. i'll say that again the outward illustrations in our lives need to point to an inward reality yes because if it's not real within us mm. then it's Come just on. a facade on the outside Wow! Wow! If it's not real within us, if it, you don't believe what you're talking about, then everything in two time comes out to the light. And while you're living in the midst, it's just a facade. You're painting this beautiful picture for people to see, but in reality, you're just living a facade. There's no reality to it. So again, for our illustrations in our lives we need to point to an inward reality. Now again, everything that's been spoken up to now is between God and Moses and it's been taking place at the top of Mount Sinai. Now let's begin chapter 29. Chapter 29, we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 9. And then we'll pause. It says, now this was, no, sorry. Now this is what you are to do to consecrate them. Pay attention. To consecrate them so that they may minister as Kohanim. Take one young bull and two rams without blemish, along with matzo, cakes of matzo on leavened bread, with oil and with matzo wafers spread with oil. Make them from fine wheat flour. You are to put them in one basket and present them, along with the bull and the two rams. You are to bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and wash them with water." Hallelujah. What we just talked about. Mm. Then take the garments and put the tunic of Aaron, along with the robe, the ephod, and the breastplate. Here we see part of the that armor that we spoke about last week. Gird him, and gird him with the artfully woven band of the ephod, set the turban on his head, and put the holy cornet on the turban. Then you are to take the anointing oil, pour it upon his head, and anoint him. Also, you are to bring his sons and put tunics on them. You are to gird Aaron and his sons with sashes, tie headwear on them, and they shall hold the priesthood by a perpetual statue. In this way, you are to consecrate Aaron and his sons. Notice on the first four verses, I don't know if you guys noticed, just on the first four verses, what we just finished talking about in chapter 28 are also described again. God tells Moses what he needs to do, and then right at the beginning of chapter 29, this is what's going to take place. I'm going to reiterate, just in case you forget, But I'm reiterating so everybody else will know after when you bring it to them. So you won't forget anything, Moses. Remember, we are people that tend to forget things. (laughs) God needs to remind ourselves a lot of things, right? He needs to remind us a lot of things. So look at the first four verses alone. Remember what we spoke about, anointing, consecration, and purification. First four verses. It says, now this is what you are to do, consecrate them. Here we go. That they may minister as Kohanim. You want to take one bull and two rams without blemish, along with the matzo and matzo with oil. We know oil is a representation of what? Life. The Holy Spirit. The Holy yeah. spirit yeah. And matzo wafers spread with oil. Come on now. So we see consecrated, we see oil. We see reiterated it. Guys, we want to make sure that he understands that you cannot do anything without that spirit. Amen. And then he goes on to say, Make them from fine wheat, that you are to put them in one basket and present them. Mm. Here's your presentation. And then it goes on to say, if you go down a, little, a couple of more verses, all the way down to uh, verse 9, there it says again, you are to gird Aaron and his sons and sashes with tie headwear on them, and they, are hold, and they shall hold the priesthood by a perpetual statue. And this way you are to consecrate Aaron and his sons. So we see again, anointing, Consecration and the purification in the first four verses, and we also see it at the end of verse 9 again. So we see that what God spoke, He reiterates again. Why? Because of what Moses would eventually do in the book of Leviticus, this is something that He would do in public. And so when He does it in public, people need to understand what is taking place. What is different about these men? Why are they going to go through this ceremony? Why is this ceremony so important? Because God spoke it, first of all. Amen. And God reiterated it again. If he reiterated it something, it's because he, he knows the importance of it. That's right. So again, we see the first the, the three aspects in the first four verses. Now, notice what God is asking Moses to do here for a second. Because up to this moment, Moses is probably the most powerful man, obviously not God, but the most powerful man, and is the only man that has gone before the presence of God and taught face to face with God. Mm -hmm. But he's asking the most powerful man to humble himself and bathe these men and clothe these men and, and, and celebrate this man. Do you know that these high priests were actually under Moses? Mm-hmm. Moses had more authority than them. But here he's telling the person that has more authority than them, "Humble yourself." Wow. I need you to clothe these men. I need you to celebrate them. I need you to wash them. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Mm, come on, Joshua wow. right there. <laughs> wow. It's awesome. oh, no. wow. He's telling this man to come down. Take everything off. Come on. Kneel down and wash and celebrate this man in who in public. Woo! Because this ceremony will be done in public. Wow. Wow. Come on. Wow. Does that sound familiar? Does that remind you of somebody? Wow. He stripped himself of everything, humbled himself yeah. before man, Thank and you. celebrated man Thank and anointed man and bathed man and washed man. beautiful illustration of our Savior. Yes, amen. What a beautiful illustration of our Savior. Again, in verse 89 we see part of the armor that was spoken about last week. We see there if you go down to verse 89 it says you have to great iron with sashes tie headwear on them and they shall be priesthood by a perpetual. Also bring tunics on them. So we see part of the armor spoken again God reiterating these things again. Now, before we go on, there's something else mentioned here that should have caught our attention. It wasn't just about the ceremony, but it's what's included in the ceremony. Mm. It wasn't just about the clothing. That's right. It's about what's being used for these men. Mm. And it says here that there was a bull to be taken and two rams to be taken. So we see three animals, but not only three animals, three animals without blemish. No wrinkle, no stain, without blemish. Three pure animals, three innocent animals. Come on now. And it says that these three animals were to be part of this ceremony. Animals, again, without any blemish. Animals that were pure to be part of this ceremony. Now let's continue to read 10 to 14 and we'll break those three animals down. Says you are to bring the bull before the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons are to lay their hands on his head. You are to slaughter the bull before Adonai at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Amen. Then take the blood of the bull, put it on the horns of the altar with your finger, and put out and pour out all the remaining blood at the base of the altar. Also take all the fat that covers the innards. The lobe above the liver and the two kidneys, along with the fat that is in them, and burn them on the altar. Now this is pretty graphic, but this actually took place. Thank God we don't need to do this stuff anymore. Amen. Amen. Okay, okay, okay. But the meat of the bull, along with the skin and his dung, his dung is, sorry, but it's his feces. You are to burn with fire outside the camp. Amen. Please don't miss that. But the meat of the bull, along with his skin and its dung, you are to burn outside with fire of the camp. It is a sin offering. Wow. Mm. Um, yeah, so, wow. First, we read about the bull. Remember, there was three animals. There was a bull, two ramps. Please don't miss this. If you're taking notes, you want to write all this stuff down. Remember what we just finished talking about. Remember the three aspects. Anointing, consecration, Purification. We saw right at the beginning of chapter 29 how God describes these things again. He reiterates to Moses. Now as we go through these animals, look at these sacrifices. And look at what they mean into this ceremony. Again, first is the bull. Aaron, it says there that Aaron and his sons were to lay hands on this bull. Now, back then, it wasn't just a, a simple laying hands. No, it was a laying of hands into the bull. It's like if they grabbed the bull by the head, and it was a, a way to of, of a transference of sins. So this was the beginning of the ceremony. You are to do this to the bull. You, Aaron, and your sons are to come and grab the bull by the head as a sign of transference your sins onto this bull. Which then sets you what? Which then purifies you out of your sins. It's a sign of purification that you're handing over the sins that you currently have onto this bull. But like I said, these animals were without what? Blemish. So here we see an innocent animal... Tra- being transferred the sins of men. Joshua yeah. went to the cross and all his sins laid on him yeah. and took it for the sins of the world. There was a sign of transference. Yeah. While Aaron and his sons are transferring the sins to this bull, we gave our sins oh. to Joshua, which took him to the cross. So we see again a beautiful picture of our Messiah Amen. in the midst of this ceremony, Hallelujah. in the midst of this transference of Aaron and his sons. He was without blemish. He was the perfect Lamb of God. Yes. Yeah, he took the sins of the world on the cross. But notice there in verse 14 what it says. But the meat of the bull, along with the skin. The meat of the bull along with the skin and the dung, the feces. Mm. You are to burn with fire outside the camp. Why? Because this is a sin offering. This place where the ceremony is going to take place in the tent of meeting, this is holy ground. This is a holy place. And sin and holiness Don't mix. I need you to take them outside the temple, outside the tent of meeting, and burn them without fire because that is sin and I am holy. And we don't mix. And we don't mix. So we see the division here that God makes between himself, the place where his presence abides, being holy, and where sin cannot enter. Where sin cannot come close to it. So he says, burn it outside with fire. That cannot come to the tent of meeting. Come on. Amen? You guys Amen. with me? Amen. Amen. Let's continue. Verse 15 through 18. It says, take, now we're going to the rams. Then take one ram. Have Aaron and his sons lay their hands upon the head of the ram. Then slaughter the ram. Take its blood and sprinkle it around the altar. Mm. <laughs> you are to cut the ram into pieces, wash its innards, its and his legs and place them with his head and other pieces then you are to offer the whole ram up and smoke on the altar it is a burnt offering to Adonai a sweet aroma wow. an offering wow. made by fire to Adonai Two. Two. Amen. so first we see the burnt uh, the sin offering the bull an innocent animal without blemish takes on the sin of man so we see a sin offering. Now, this first ram, it is a complete separate offering. Yes. It says there that this is a burnt offering. It is a sweet aroma. Mm. Remember the three aspects we touched in chapter 28. Please don't miss this. They correlate together. The first one was a sin offering. Now we see here, there was an atonement that took place. There was, there was a, a giving over, a transference. Because the transference, on, it, it, the transference pretty much states that you know that without that atonement, you cannot comply or you cannot exist. You cannot move forward. So that atonement was given. The sins were transferred. He lives within us. The Spirit guides us. Amen. Yes. So now we see the burnt offering. We see again the same actions again. We see Aaron grab the ram. We see the sons grab the ram. Again, another sign of transference again. But this was a burnt offering. This represented something different. This represented consecration mm-hmm. and devotion to the Lord. A sweet aroma. Wow. Amen. wow, Yes. Does it not say there's something about a sweet aroma mm-hmm. that we read, right? This burnt offering and this sweet aroma as a burnt offering unto the Lord, meaning, Lord, I am separating myself. Alleluia. This is my giving unto you. I am surrendering completely unto you. I, you. I know that without you, I can't do it. I am separating myself. Nice. I am being that set-apart people. So Amen. therefore, let this burnt offering be a sweet aroma Amen. to you, Lord. Amen. Receive our praise. Yes, Receive Lord. my worship. Yes. Yes. Receive yes. my giving. Yes. Receive my praise. Wow. So we see first the sin offering. Then we see burnt offering. We see consecration. Let's continue to read. Verse 19. Now we go on to the second ram. Wow. Then take the other ram, and have Aaron and his sons lay their hands upon the head of the ram. Slaughter the ram, take his blood, and dab it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron, and on the tip of the right ear of his sons, and on the thumb of the right hands. Sorry if you're lefty. Sorry for you. That's a joke. That's my joke. Hey, you're lucky. You're lucky. Don't worry, your are <laughs> in I can it. Then it says, "Then pour the blood on the altar all around. Also, you are to take some of the blood that is on the altar, along with the anointing oil." Come on now. Look how these things are all in there, and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments, and on his sons and their garments. In this way, he and his garments are to be consecrated along with his sons and their garments. Verse 22, whenever we go down to verse 28. Moreover, take some of the fat from the ram along with the fat tail, the fat that covers the innards, the the covering over the liver, the two kidneys and the fat that is on them along with the right thigh because it is a ram of Consecration. consecration. Also take one loaf of bread, one cake of oil bread, and one wafer out of the basket of matzo. Remember. Unleavened. At the beginning, he was giving a description of the matzo wafers and the oil and the matzo bread unleavened. Yeah. This is unleavened. This ceremony is holy. Oh, yes, God. yes. That's why the first offering was a sin offering. We need to get that out of the way right off the bat. Woo. We need Woo. to burn all that out of the way. Amen. Because on leaven, holiness and and sin don't mix. Now we continue to read. And it says, basket of matzo that is before Adonai. Verse 24, you are to put the entirety into Aaron's hands and the hands of his sons and present them as a wave offering before Adonai. Then you are to take them out of the hands and offer them up in smoke in the altar on the top of the burnt offering. This is to go on top of the previous one as a sweet aroma before Adonai. Uh, and also take the breast of Aaron's ram of consecration and wave it as a wave offering before Adonai, so it will be your portion. portion. Verse 27. Wow. Set apart the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the contribution, which is waved and offered up from the ram of consecration, including that, belong, that what belongs to Aaron and his sons, It is to belong to Aaron and his sons as their due share forever from Bene Israel, the children of Israel, because it is a contribution. It is to be a contribution from Bene Israel, from their sacrifices of fellowship, offering their contribution to Adonai. So we see sin offering, we see burnt offering, and now it is a different type of offering. Now the second ram, it is considered a wave offering. The wave offering is more of a purification or sanctification over Aaron and his sons. You are to wave it. Wave it over them and over, and over his sons to purify them. But notice that the consecration and the purification are brought together, Mm -hmm. not the sin offering. Oh wow. Oh wow. Mm -hmm. It never said put this on top of the sin offering and let it be a sweet aroma to me. No, it said bring the wave offering on top of the burnt offering and let that be a sweet aroma to me. Why? Because we must be a sweet aroma to the Lord. Without sin, without blemish, By the blood of the lamb. Come on, on, somebody. Come on. By the blood of the the lamb. You got to read into scripture. Yes, Lord. Anybody reads chapter 21, it's like, this is disgusting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why are we reading this?
0: Because it's the place. Yeah. So why am I reading this? Burnt offering, and we're killing rams and chopping them up in pieces, and how is that applicable to me? Well,. If you don't read into scripture, you will never know. And according to 1 Timothy, it says every word is Amen.
1: God breathed.
0: So if God spoke it, I'm going to read it. Amen. If God spoke it, I'm going to read it and I'm going to study it. Yeah. Amen. So then he can give me understanding of it. Amen? Amen? So again, this wave offering is put on this burnt offering. Purification, sanctification, consecration comes together. Now, why do I emphasize on these three animals? And these three sacrifices done here because they correlate with the three aspects that we spoke about earlier. Notice. The, uh, the, the the mentioning of the oil over and over. Notice the mentioning of the consecration over and over. And now this third ram becomes a sign of purification. They are exactly the three aspects that we read at the ending of chapter 28. Why is this being repeated over and over? Because the same way the ceremony was meant for these high priests, Back then, these same aspects are supposed to be in our lives. Remember, they are supposed to be an outward illustration of an inward reality. Wow. Yes, Lord. The resting of the Ruach, the consecration, the purification. These are high priests. You and I are royal priests. Yes. We are supposed to behave the same way. We are supposed to be dressed the same way. And who was the one that bowed down and did this for us? None other than Yeshua. Here Moses, again, bows down to do these these things for these high priests. It's very similar. Everything correlates in scripture. But you got to read into it. You got to read into it. This is exactly what Paul speaks about in the book of Romans. Go to Romans twelve chapter one. Come on. Romans twelve chapter one. Paul's being Paul speaks about us being a, a sacrifice unto the Lord. Wow. Romans 12, 1 says, "I urge you therefore." This is Paul speaking to 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 the Romans. Says, "I urge you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy." Holy and acceptable to God. Was the sin offering included in there? No. The wave and the burn. Those are the holy parts. Here Paul speaks to be holy and acceptable. Did those two not say they are a sweet aroma unto the Lord? The sin offering didn't speak about that. Which is your spiritual service? service. Hmm. Moses was conducting a service. The high priest will be conducting a service once the ceremony will take place. You and I, as a royal priesthood, conduct a service. Not only inside these four walls, but out there. And so how can we be different out there? By the wave offering, the consecration, and the purification that must be done every single day. So where did Paul get his teachings from? The Torah. Come on, oh, Amen. You think Paul just took it upon himself say, you guys must be washed and be holy. The Romans were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so true. Where did you get this, Paul? I'm just following what my high priest Amen. told me. Wow. Come on. He showed me how to consecrate myself. Yes, he did. He showed me how to purify myself. By the blood that he shed on the cross. That's my cleansing. Amen. Amen. That's why the blood has power. It must be activated on, it. daily. Yes, mm-hmm. must be activated daily. Okay. The same way these priests were to present themselves to God is the same way you and I are to present ourselves according here to Paul. Amen. Okay. We'll begin to close with these last chap- verses on this chapter. Verse 29, let's go back to Exodus. I'm gonna read from verse 29 to verse 38. It says, the holy garments of Aaron are to pass to his sons after him, to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. Notice that these words do not skip a beat. They are consistently being mentioned, consistently being mentioned throughout this whole chapter. Yet people read this chapter and just skip right over it. And there is so much richness. So much information in in this ceremony. They are to pass their sons after to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. The son that succeeds him as Kohen, as priest, who comes into the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place. It is to put them on for seven days. Come on, Jesus. You are to take the ram of consecration and boil its meat in a holy place did we take the ram off did did we take the meat off the bull and burn it in a holy place or did we take the what the meat of the ram of Mm. consecration notice the division here guys notice how god never brings in that first meat of that bull because it was sinful it represented our skin it represented our sin nature and so he says then it is to be burned outside but notice how he consistently speaks of the consecration speaks of the purification the two rams yes wow. bring this meat and boil it in a holy place Aaron and his sons are to eat the meat of the ram and mm. the bread and that is in the basket at the entrance of the tent of meeting they are to eat those things which with which atonement was made to consecrate and sanctify them but a layman is not to eat them because they are holy please don't miss that if some of the meat of the consecration or the bread remains until morning you are to burn the remainder with fire it shall not be eaten because it is holy verse 35 Do for Aaron and his sons everything according to what I have commanded you. Again, remember, this is a conversation between Moses and God. Consecrate them for seven days. Each day you are to offer a bull as a sin offering apart from the other offerings of atonement. (laughs) Man, if that doesn't speak to you, I don't know, man. Also, purify the altar when you make atonement for it. Yes. And anoint it in order to sanctify it. You are to make atonement for the altar for seven days and to sanctify it. The altar will be most holy and whatever touches it will become holy. Notice again the repetition of the consecration and the purification and the division between those two. Uh, those two atonements and the sin one. There is never a mixing. There never should be a mixing with sin and righteousness. With sin and holiness. Wow. But notice here that God says, verse 34, if some of the meat of the consecration is, or the bread remains until morning. Remember, bread is the matzo, which is the unleavened bread that he's speaking about here. You are to burn the remainder with fire. It should not be eaten because it is holy. Why did God mention that? Because he didn't want anybody else after the ceremony, anybody that was unclean, anybody that was sinful, be part of something so holy. So he said, wait a second. They're not set apart yet. They're, they're not holy yet. They haven't been part of this yet. So whatever you don't eat, wow. Aaron, whatever your, bro- your sons don't eat, you need to burn it up because that is holy. Wow. I don't need any laymen. I don't need any sinfulness coming to take place of what's holy. I don't need mixture. Wow. I don't mix that way. <coughs> so he says, burn it. Burn everything. Burn it. Then he continues to say, this shall be done for Seven days. A <laughs> bull and two rams for seven days, guys. Imagine that. One. The slaughter must have been out of control during this time. You talk about blood being everywhere? There was blood being everywhere. But for seven days. Why seven? Because seven is the perfect number. Seven always points back to who? All this ceremony, even though it was being done to a man, mm-hmm. it was pointing to. Wow. Wow. He was the ceremony. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. He was the one that they were taking after in the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or mm-hmm. well, isn't he our high priest? Yes. 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 He's our perfect example. So the ceremony that was being done, it was all pointing back to him, because it was him. Amen. Amen. The ceremony was not just something to do and get it over with. It took time. Notice it took seven days. Why? Because it was a time of reflection and a constant awareness of sacrifice and atonement. In other words, look at everything that's been given up for the servitude. Animals without blemish, but yet the transferring of sin into one of them to, to, for the servitude of men. You remember back in the book of Genesis when God had to clothe Adam and Eve? He had to kill. Yeah. That hurt the heart of God. Mm. Yeah. That he had to kill his own creation. All because of the what? The sin of man. Here we see the same thing happening. Here we see because of the sin that needed to come out of Aaron and out of his sons, he needs to kill. Not only does he need to kill but he needs to shed blood. Now to go a step further Yeshua went to the cross, Come on now. took our sins, died, and what? And shed, shed. blood. Wow. Wow. For sins. All for our atonement, wow. or our anointing, our consecration, and our purification. Wow. The three aspects of a priest. Wow. The three aspects of a royal priesthood, according to scripture. Yes. The three aspects of a high priest. And he was our high priest. So notice the repetition. Notice the cycle. Notice the sacrifice. Notice the atonement. And notice the shedding. Over and over. God continues to do it because he was so merciful. Yes. Because he wanted to establish something. Something that he wanted to establish since the beginning of the book of Genesis. And that was his That was his heart. And what was that? Fellowship. Fellowship with men. There was never supposed to be a division. There was never supposed to be a killing. Adam and Eve were supposed to live righteously in the Garden of Eden. God had given them dominion over everything. He said, just don't take this. Don't touch this. Because if you do, then I'm going to have to step in. I'm gonna to have to kill what I created, which is gonna hurt me, and the shedding of blood is gonna take place. But that shedding of blood will be example many, many years later. He will kill, his own son will go to the cross for us and shed the blood. Charles Spurgeon says this, the Lord's part was consumed with fire upon the altar And another portion was eaten by men in a holy place. The peace offering was thus an open declaration of the communion, which had been established between God and men, so that they ate together rejoicing in the same offering. Notice God never mixed the sin with the holy. But what took place, what the celebration was, it was all about the consecration and the purification. Amen. That's what mattered to God. And I will tell you this morning, that's what matters. That should be what matters to you and I. The consecration yeah. and the purification. Amen. That we are set apart people. Amen. That we understand that there's power in the blood of Yeshua. That cleanses us, that sanctifies us. That sets us apart as people of God. So we can come before God and have that communion that he's been trying to establish since the beginning. we'll finish with these last eight verses, 38 to 46. It says, now this is what you are to offer upon the altar. Two one-year-old lambs each day continually. You are to offer one lamb in the morning and the other lamb at dusk. (laughs) Offer along with the first lamb a tenth of the ephah and fine flour, mixed with a fourth of a hint of beaten oil and a fourth of a hint of wine as a drink offering. The other lamb you are to offer at dusk like the grain offering and drink offering of the morning as a sweet aroma, Mm -hmm. an offering made by fire to Adonai. Verse 42. It is to be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before Adonai. Why? Because there I will meet with you to speak with you there. Why? Why? Because I will meet with B'nai Israel there. So I will be sanctified by my glory. So I will sanctify the tent of meeting and the altar. I will also sanctify Aaron and his sons to minister to me as Kwanim. Mm. So I will dwell among B'nai Israel and be their God. Then they will know that I am Adonai, their God, who brought them forth out of the land of Egypt so that I I may live among them. I am Adonai, their God. Come on. This chapter ends yet with another everyday offering. They were to do this offering as a drink offering. So first there was a sin offering, then there was a burnt offering, then there was a wave offering. Then every single day, apart from the seven days of the ceremony, there was supposed to have a drink offering. What does this show us and how is it applicable to us? The pouring of wine before the altar was a demonstration of complete emptying ones, emptying ourselves onto God. It was completely emptying ourselves of all that we are, all that unfilthiness. And that's why it says that this was supposed to be done every single day, not just for seven days, but every single day. This drink offering was apart from the other offerings, but it was also crucial within the ceremony because it also took place within the seven days. And so this drink offering to you and I today, what it does is empty ourselves of all that we are. So once we empty ourselves, He can fill wow. us up. Wow. Every single day. Every yeah. single day. Yesterday's portion is yesterday's portion. Uh-huh. Today's a new day. Yeah. Didn't we pray this morning? When we said, God, thank you for giving us another day. Well, this guess what? This day has new hope, new opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we should empty ourselves of all that we are. So he can then Amen. Deal, Amen. Us deal us Lord. Yes. Amen. The Apostle Paul used the terminology of drink offering to express his complete devotion to God, even to the point of death. Let's go to Philippians 2 17. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. It says, But even. If I am being poured out as a drink offering Mm. upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. Even to the point of death, I myself, I am being poured out into the sacrifice as a sacrifice daily, emptying myself daily, giving all that I am daily. So then once I empty myself and give myself, God can give unto me and God can fill me. And I take joy in all of that. No matter the cost, no matter the pain, I take joy in all of that. I remove everything from myself. I strip myself of everything because I understand that everything I have is because of him anyways. Amen. Amen. Wow. Last but not least, this was done because of what God has been striving to do with his people since the beginning. Communion and relationship. Go back to verse 45 and 46 in Exodus. Communion and relationship. Verse 45 says, so that I may, I will dwell among B'nai Israel and their God. They will know that I am their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I may live among them. I am Adonai, their God. Communion and relationship. This is what God has been trying to establish since the beginning. There was sin, there was that separation. Here God is trying to bring that man back together, to mend it back together through a ceremony, through the sacrifice, Trying to show people as the ceremony would take place what was actually really taking place. It wasn't just a ceremony for these high priests. It was a reestablishing of what God wanted to do with his people. To have communion and relationship. Because he understood that there was a separation. He understood their mindset. And eventually we'll get to the golden calf. Come on. We're not there yet. So he knew. And so here he says, through the ceremony, Moses, when you do this, I want you to remind them who I am. Come on. on. They are my people. And what I want to do is what? I want to dwell among them. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Please, Moses, make them understand that they need to empty themselves daily. Mm -hmm. So I can fill them up. And I'll finish with this. And I want you to think about this. If this is of little interest to you, if this chapter of this ceremony, of all these sacrifices, of all these offerings, if this is of little interest to you, we will never be properly motivated to do, do true consecration. That's right. that's true. If you look at chapter 29, as just a bunch of animals getting slaughtered. If you look at chapter 29, as it doesn't have meaning to you. If you look at chapter 29 and you probably rip it off the Bible because you feel you can't take anything from it, then you will never have true consecration with God. Because through this chapter, through this ceremony that God is speaking to Moses in the top of Mount Sinai, there is so much that it applies to you and I. According to what Paul speaks of in the book of Romans and in 1 Timothy. We are a royal priesthood. Amen. So everything that's here is applicable to you and I today. Amen. 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 Amen.